Hey, it's good to be with you this morning. Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Pastor Kevin Bender, it's so good to have you here in our church. I think you're doing a pretty good job so far. We'll keep you around, all right? I actually knew he was going to do such a good job that I, I was so close to asking him to preach his very first Sunday here. And then I thought, you know what, we'll give him a week to settle in. So he's preaching next week, <laughs> all right? Uh, but as we gather together today, we are in the book of Genesis. Last Sunday, we opened up to that first book of the Bible. As we did every Sunday last summer, last summer, if you were with us, we made it through the first 25 chapters of the book of Genesis, but there's more than that. It's double that amount, and so this summer, we're going to cover the rest of that material. Last week, we opened it up to Genesis chapter 26, and I I preached a sermon about inheritance, that God, in His faithfulness, continued that promise that He gave to Abraham, And he gave it to his son Isaac after Abraham had died. And he said, Isaac, the promise I gave to your father is now your promise. Through you, all nations of the earth will be blessed. Your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky or as the grains of the sand. This is what he said to Isaac. This inheritance is given from Abraham to Isaac. Now, we are in Genesis chapter 27 today, and Isaac Isaac is now an old man. In Genesis chapter 27, he's about 100 years old. Isaac is blind at this point. And Isaac knows that his life is nearing its end. And so Isaac knows it is time for him to pass on his blessing, his inheritance, basically to tell his oldest son that the will is going to him. God's covenant promises of land, of possessions, of descendants. It is now time for Isaac to give that to his oldest son. Do you know who his oldest son is? A guy by the name of Esau. Now Esau is technically the oldest, but not by much, just a, a heel's length, you could say. He's got a twin brother named Jacob. Do we have any twins in the room here? Yeah, Mike? Is? All right. And I know some of you have twins as children, right? And so I'm sure they always bicker and argue about who really is the oldest and whether it's a tie or not, right? But in this case, Esau is technically the oldest and therefore technically the one who should inherit this blessing from God. However, Esau had done something against God's will, and he had married some foreign women, yes, multiple Hittite women. It was against God's law. So his mom, Rebecca, Isaac's wife, despised these women because they made life miserable for her, the Bible says. So because Esau's wives made things miserable for Esau's mom, guess who Rebekah's favorite son was? Not Esau, Jacob. So Isaac, in his blind state, on his deathbed, when he's preparing to send uh, that blessing upon his son Esau, he says to Esau, 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 you're a, 
You're a, a hunter. We could call Esau today the hairy hunter, all right? He's a, a hairy man, the Bible says, so we'll call him the, the hairy hunter. And, and, and Isaac says to that hairy hunter, I love when you bring home fresh game and you cook it up, so I want you to go hunt game, bring it home, cook it, and I will give you my blessing. So Esau heads out, but just around the corner was Rebecca eavesdropping, and she heard of this plan, and she quickly put her own action into place. She quickly grabbed her son Jacob, and she said to Jacob, Jacob, go get some goats, slaughter them, I'm going to cook them up your dad's favorite way, and, and, and we're going to pretend that you are Esau. And, and, and Jacob says, my dad's going to know it's me. He knows my voice. I'm not hairy like my brother. And Rebecca says, I've got it, I've got it taken care of. We'll, we'll put some goat's fur on your arms and your dad will touch you and he'll think it's, he'll think it's Esau. Plus, put on his uh, special clothes that he wears for special events and your dad won't be any wiser. So that's, that's what they do. They get the goats, they cook them, they bring them back. Esau gets, or Jacob gets dressed up. Esau's out hunting and Jacob brings that food to his dad and, and Isaac goes, how did you get back so fast? <laughs> that was a very successful hunt, my son. And Jacob very thoughtfully says, well, God has provided for us. God has provided for us. But then Isaac picks up and he says, I know that voice. This is not the voice of Esau. This is the voice of, this is the voice of Jacob. I only wonder what, what's going on in Jacob's heart at that point, you know? Is he all in? Is he wrestling with this? I don't, I don't know. But he reaches out his arms and, and Isaac feels his arms and he says, this must be Esau. Jacob is full on deceiving his very own father. In order to get what only his dad can give to him, the covenant blessings of God, possessions, land, descendants, it's all going to be his. And through his deception, guess what? It works. Isaac gives him the blessing. And Esau returns home and he sees this happening and he is rightfully, choose your word, mad, we'll say. All right, he's mad. That's a nice way to say it. He's mad, so much so that he wants to kill his own brother. But guess what? His mom, their mom steps in. Mom steps in for poor little Jacob and says, Jacob, go flee north to my family. You'll be protected up there. Esau, at some point, he'll just forget about all of this and I'll come get you when it's safe. On this Father's Day, I feel like we could call Isaac the forgotten father. The forgotten father. It seems as though in reading this that neither of his sons really care all that much about him, and neither does his wife. They really mostly seem concerned about what he can give to them, not necessarily about actually receiving him. They just want his goods, the forgotten father. A lot of times I feel like this is how we treat our heavenly father, like the forgotten father. So often we forget that God created us, pure and simple. 
You are not your own. You were created and you were bought with a price. So not only have you been created, but you've been redeemed to eternal life through God's salvation in Jesus Christ our Lord. You're not your own. You belong to the Father. And yet so often we treat that Father as though we just want His goods when we want them according to our desires. We only cry out to him hoping that he'll use what we think of as his superpowers to fix our world when we want it to be fixed in the, fixed in the way that we want it to be fixed or to provide for us material blessings when we want those material blessings. Oftentimes we just desire his stuff and we don't really desire him. Often I think our father is a forgotten father. I'll say it like this, it's not good when the Father is forgotten. Because when the Father is forgotten, the whole thing falls apart. We see it happening in Genesis 27. This story, if you read it, we only read a portion of it. Go home and read all of Genesis 27 if you haven't before. The whole thing, on a human level, it's a really sad story, I think. I mean, by the end of it, here's, here's what you have. You've got you got a mother siding with one son, and now that son, Jacob's life is being threatened by his brother, so they're pitted against each other. Mom's protecting Jacob, sends Jacob north. Now you've got Esau mad at brother, mad at mom. Mom's mad at Esau's wives. She also says at the end of 27, I will loathe my life if my son Jacob marries foreign women. So mom is now worried about son who so, she's sent off. And all the while, 100-year-old blind dying Isaac is laying there wondering what in the world is going on. The whole thing falls apart when you forget the father. We live in a world right now that many would claim seems to be falling apart in every way imaginable. We've got people constantly fighting against one another, fighting against fellow humans, belittling one another, ignoring one another, deceiving one another, wanting to conquer one another instead of seeking to find common ground and equality as God's chosen people created in the image of God. What is this world that we live in? And sometimes we as the church, as Christians, we contribute to this brokenness of the world. We bicker, we judge, we condemn, even though we know we're not supposed to. We say things we shouldn't say. We do things we shouldn't do. And oftentimes the sins of Christians is as much of our silence as it is of what we say. Oftentimes we don't say things that we should say. And we don't speak up for peace or God's will or stand for life and equality when God has called us to these things. It seems as though our world is falling apart and there are people tearing one another down, demeaning and ignoring one another, oftentimes so simple for reasons of simply the color of someone's skin. What is this world that we live in when we forget 
the Father, we forget that we are all children of God. No matter who you are, where you were born, how much money you have, God created every single person on this earth and He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. All people. But when we forget the Father, it all falls apart. We're just in it for ourselves. So what should we do? I would say, first of all, we, we, we need to remember the Father. <laughs> and more than that, we need to remember that the Father always remembers. The Father never forgets because the Father is faithful. The Father is faithful to His covenant promises to His people. This is the story of the book of Genesis, and I pray you see it play out week after week after week. God is faithful to His promises to His people. We've already seen it last summer in the life of Abraham when Abraham and Sarah were getting fed up waiting for God to deliver that child to them and Abraham uh, slept with Sarah's servant Hagar and had that son Ishmael. You remember this whole thing? What, was this a soap opera? Yeah, it's the Bible, right? And so they're trying to take this whole thing into their hands and yet what does God do? God remains faithful to his covenant promises. Even here in this story, previously, Jacob had already tricked Esau to give him his birthright, and now Jacob and Rebekah have tricked Isaac and Esau into getting the blessing, and guess what? Spoiler alert, God will remain faithful to his covenant promises to his people, because that's the way that God works. The Father is always faithful to his promises. Those of you in this room who are fathers, I think this is a reminder to us as well. Let's not be forgotten fathers. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be the dad that's just remembered for the stuff that I gave to my kids. I don't want to be remembered just, just as the dad who gave my son a toilet-shaped piggy bank. All right? If you don't pick up on the reference, that's from last week. That's not what I, how I want to be remembered. I want to be remembered as the father who was present. I want to be the father that was present, not just the father that's remembered for the presence that I give. And children, I pray that that's not how you treat your fathers either. Now, I know, and if you don't know this, that Father's Day was totally created by the consumer industry to get you to spend more money and buy their products. I looked it up. It's for real, all right? So, you know, conspiracies aside, I'm not against the, you know, the idea behind it. I love fathers, and so take care of your fathers. But I think it bears the point here. Oftentimes, those relationships just look like the things that we give in exchange to one another, when in actuality, I pray, fathers, that the greatest gift that you give to your children is passing down that inheritance that's been given to you, showing your children that the Father is always faithful. Father's always faithful. I want to be a faithful father like my father is faithful to me. I want to be present in my children's life as my father is present in mine. 
Because I think when we model that to our children, we model the way that Christ is for us. God is the God who gave up everything for us. God is the one who stepped into this world for us. Not just for us in this room, for every tribe, every tongue, every nation, all people. Jesus died for them. We are all one body in Jesus Christ, and to the very end, we are his children. The Bible says that we are descendants of Abraham through Jesus Christ. So, as we will hear repeated through the book of Genesis, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Abraham, number the stars in the sky if you can number them. Number the dust on the ground if you can number it. That's how numerous I will make your descendants. That's who I will bless. This summer, as you step foot onto the beach and you feel that sand between your toes, your name is on one of those grains of sand. As a descendant of Abraham, as you sit there and you watch the stars come out at night, look up at that sky and your name is there. As a beloved child of God, created by Him, promised to be loved from the very beginning. Live as such. Don't forget the Father. And the Father will never forget you, for the Father is always faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.